Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Chalakian. And and guess what happened? So this episode is the revenge of the curse of the twitch of the death nerve. Because in, in case you can't hear it in my voice, I am very, very sick. And Shannon is very, very busy with work and preparing for finals. And also sick. And also sick. I forgot. I'm sorry. We're both it's sick. Okay. Um, so... We didn't watch Twitch of the Death Nerve this week. Again. Again, folks. Um, this is becoming the, the the Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon of our podcast. Yes, indeed it is. Um, Which makes me sad because I want to watch it. Oh, yeah. It's a great film. <sighs> um, we will get to it at some point. But in the meantime, we just want to... I mean, we want to give you some sort of content to entertain your ears and uh, invigorate your minds and your souls. So we're going to do a real quick uh, ship shape short bonus episode for you and an apology for not watching Twitch of the Death Nerve. Uh, anyway, um, I sent out a post asking for listener questions, but I think I sent it out like way too early in the morning for anyone to actually care about it. Yeah. Um, and also like way too close to a recording. So I actually have been listening to this podcast called my brother, my brother and me, which takes a, is it's a comedy advice podcast, which you should listen to. And I decided to unabashedly steal what they're doing because that kind of is the theme of what we do here. Yes. Um, so I found some horror movie related questions on Yahoo answers and we're going to answer them. Here we go. Sorry. Do you want to read them, Shannon? Sure. You I'll have read a good them. reading voice. Oh, I thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So number one, uh, wait, do they have names? I think they do. Oh, Izette. I-Z-Z-E-T. And this is a question from January in 2012. Oh, is it really? It is. Wow. I know. Okay, whatever. But I found it. Back when Yahoo Answers was very prevalent. Um, the question is, looking for horror books? Question mark. Hey, I'm looking for very scary horror books to read. I'm very new to the horror genre, so I have no idea whatsoever. What horror books do you suggest? Space question mark. All right. I I chose I uh, curated this question because I have not talked about horror fiction on here maybe ever. No, recently because you used to have um, your 10 word reviews be books. Oh, I did do that occasionally. Yeah. I just, I, whatever. Um, please allow me to go into this. I will be brief as much as possible. But some horror book recommendations... I like to. I mean, there's the obvious ones like The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty, Sounds of the Lambs by Thomas Harris. Um, I like Dean Koontz more than Stephen King on average, which I think makes me the minority. But I chose my top three of both of them. For Dean Koontz, it's Phantoms, False Memory, and Night Chills. For Stephen King, it's The Shining. I chose Firestarter because. I, I like that one, and it's just really dark, and it was like a good like introduction to him. And also The Long Walk, which he wrote under his pseudonym Richard Bachman, which um, it's a crazy book. It's like the beginning – well, not the beginning, but it's a very, very like YA dystopian novel, but actually good and actually like really kind of horrifying from like 79. There's my favorite horror book, which is The Ruins by Scott Smith. Um, anything by Richard Matheson, but especially um, – there's an I Am Legend. There's a copy of I Am Legend with the novella that comes with a set of short stories, and all those short stories are fantastic. Especially Dance of the Dead. That movie or that uh, short story will freak you out. And there's not even like anything actively bad going on. It's just bone chilling, 
literally. And I'm going to go on, but I'll let Shannon speak too. <laughs> okay, I have not read, I think, any sort of horror books. I think, I think. Do you, do you read books? Yes, I read books. I, I was just you're you're a millennial in college. Like most most people our age don't have time. That's true. And I, I won't say I have a lot of time to read, but I do read when I can. Good. Uh, yeah. Um, so the closest thing to like horror is like the firm, which is like financial, not even. It's horror if you're a lawyer. Yeah, honestly. But I'm I'm gonna suggest any, something anyways, which is the scary storybook that like every kid ever has like shared in the dark and reading while using a flashlight, which is scary stories to tell in the dark. Ironically enough. No, that's a great, great series. Series, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so They're good, terrifying. It's based on it's based on American folklore, so it's like, you know, it has an an essence of reality to it, and also it's it's like it's kid appropriate. Like it's still scary for children, but oh no, it it is nightmare fuel for children. Exactly, but it's not like it's it's not especially gory. Like it's just like the good makes you think about it, makes you creeped out stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. Like it's like goosebumps on steroids. Yeah, or like Twilight Zone. It's like some good good quality thinking material. So, that's the only thing I'm going to say. That's great. I approve 100%. And that actually segues directly into my next topic, which is children's horror. Oh, yay. <laughs> Cuz I had a couple books. Um there's one called The Mysterious Matter of I Am Fine by Diane Stanley. It's so fun. It's about the it's basic it's about a non-copyrighted version of Goosebumps. Was he not fine? Uh, no. <laughs> um, well, there, there's a series, I think they're called Chillers, and they're by I Am Fine, so you're like, wink, wink, everyone. But um, all the kids everywhere are reading these books, but then, like, each new book kind of starts a new craze. Like, one of them starts a new craze for, like, gummy worms, and one of them kind of, like, gives people headaches and they're like things get worse and worse as people keep reading the next books down the line and it's really creepy and these two kids are like trying to solve the mystery oh so book the books within the books yes okay yeah yeah, yeah. sorry it's confusing yeah but that's a great one even if you're a grown-up because i just reread it and it's fun and it's so short because the kid's book and then also two books by ava ibbotson uh, the Great Ghost Rescue and Not Just a Witch, which are not scary whatsoever. They're just like cute, like macabre little stories. Good. And then also a segment on books on horror movies. I'll be really fast. Um, two books by John Kenneth Muir. He wrote um, like an, basically an encyclopedia called Horror Films of the 1980s, which is fantastic. And he also wrote Wes Craven, The Art of Horror, which goes through Wes Craven's entire filmography and up until Scream 2, because that's when it was written in like 98 or 97. Um, he has lots of really good analysis of horror films. That's really, really interesting. Then uh, Chainsaw Confidential by Gunnar Hansen. He's... Um, I mean, R.I.P. Gunnar Hansen. He just passed away, but he played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this book is all about the making of that film. And Gunnar Hansen is a writer and a poet. So it's a really well-written, really well-considered memoir about Texas Chainsaw. And it's a fascinating story to begin with. And then uh, Nightmare Movies by Kim Newman, which is the most encyclopedic book I've ever read, probably. And then Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol J. Clover, which is... Very, very academic and very, very dense, but it's a really interesting feminist look at the horror genre. And it's also the book where uh, the phrase final girl 
came into in its its inception. So that's important. And uh, it's been like eight minutes, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> Nine now. All right. So on to our second question then. Um, this comes from Gem, G-E-M. Like Gem from the Holograms? Yes. And they've been a member since April 27th, 2016. Oh, that's great. We found a new one. So yesterday. All right. The question is, What's the first thing that pops into your head when I say mental institute? Ooh. Question mark, question mark. Okay, don't don't tell me. Do you have your answer? Yes. Let's say it at the same time on the count of three. Like, one, two, three, go. Okay, ready? <laughs> one, two, three. Channel Nightmare Islands. Nightmare on Street 3, Dream Warriors. What was yours? Channel Islands. Like, the place? Yeah, like CSU Channel Islands. There's a mental institute, or like you just think it's a mental institute? No, the school... California State University Channel Islands used to be a mental mental t- institution. That's awesome. And the reason I know that is because um, my grandmother, my great grandmother on my dad's side, dad's mom's side, uh-huh. um, went there. Like as a patient, or is it dad's dad's side? Yeah, as a patient. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I so that's that's the, the first thing that I think of. So that, wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And the first thing that I think of is Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors because all the kids are in a mental institute. I don't that really know sense. why, but I also think of Slaughter High because they filmed that movie in a, a defunct mental institution. Yeah. Also, Cal Arts, which is where I went to um, summer camp, summer school. Uh-huh. Uh, that originally they were like, we're going to make this an art school. And if it doesn't work, we've already like prepped the building to be in a mental institution, if not. I I think like schools and mental institutions are just mostly interchangeable. Yeah, They're so, so I think that's what we're going like for. It's like a industrial system. So <laughs> yeah, okay, well, cool. Learn something new about each other. All right, on to the next thing. Um, this is from Catherine, spelled like Catherine. Wow, good and for her. I know, and she's been a member since April twentieth, twenty sixteen. So also very new. I'm so glad people are still using Yahoo Answers. My goodness. Oh, me too. Um, the question is, what is the worst movie you could think of? Question mark. Hold on. I need to think about this one. Okay. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna make that one about horror movies. Yes. But you can also, I have one that's not horror and you can do ones that aren't horror too. But I'm going to talk while you're thinking. Okay. Uh, Zombie Diaries 2 World of the Dead is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. There's, it's just unpleasant. Uh, Psycho Santa is, I think, the official worst movie I've ever seen. It's only 70 minutes long, but it's mostly just literally nothing. Like, just people walking around in the dark, and then, like, a Psycho Santa will, like, drown a blind lady or something, like, really unpleasant. And then he'll, like, slash a lady in the leg, and then she crawls to get the phone for, like, seven minutes. And it's it's alternating between just, like, sheer boredom and then just, like, really unpleasant acts and it's one of the worst things ever also the human centipede but not because it's gross because it's boring (laughs) yeah yeah okay so um non-horror i'm gonna have to say bubba hotep Uh, that counts as horror it's about a mummy oh okay well then bubba hotep um but okay so other than horror uh uh, agiri wrath of god oh that's uh Poor Werner Herzog. He's he's crazy. Awful, awful. Uh, yeah. So that that movie was 
just atrocious. I'm really glad that we watched Mono's Hands of Fate um, with the Mystery Science Theater. Yes. Because if not, that would probably definitely be on like the worst list. And oh, absolutely. It's on like probably one of my favorite. I, I feel like I reference it a lot just because it was a fun thing that we did. Oh, yeah. That's a classic MST3K yeah. episode slash situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think those are going to be my worst. Okay. Boa Hotep, Aguirre, Wrath of God, and Manos. That's a solid That's a solid slate. Yeah. And I think my non-horror worst is going to be Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, mm, mm-hmm. which is the Beatles musical starring uh, the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton, which sounds like it should be great. It's not. Please don't watch it. I know I just made it sound great. Don't listen to me. It's, um, oh my God. That movie is like stabbing yourself in the corneas with toothpicks for two hours. Honestly, I think I, so I counted those movies, the three that I chose, but I didn't count like any sort of indie movies that I've seen. Yeah, I've that's seen, fair. I've seen a lot of really, really bad independent films. Oh yeah, I mean, there's, like those aren't necessarily made by professionals and Psycho Santa, to be fair, was not made by professionals. Right. I just, that movie was like so soul curdling that I had to bring it up. Yeah. Like, cause most indie movies like that have the tendency to be even worse than anything. Uh, so yeah, that's fair. I, I appreciate your discretion. Yes. Which I did not Indeed. partake in. I know. I definitely, I definitely watched some really bad ones last night too. I think I'm trying to like forget about them. You're already. detoxing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, on to our next, our, our next episode, our next, <laughs> our next episode, our next question. Uh, um, this question is from, no one it's a mystery Ooh, it's a ghost question it doesn't say who it is but his little icon is like a little man in a bowler hat and a trench coat and the question is that's cute i know the question is is there any show slash film you can't watch without crying and then underneath it says i always cry to the end of toy story 3 uh that's fair because that is just that's a horrifying ending to a film it is okay i'm gonna answer first because i am a human being with a beating heart and emotions i know exactly why you picked this question and i hate you for it and i want to punish shannon because she's a robot keep going okay well i think i brought this up on the show before but the sixth sense always makes me cry yep like that's one of the few movies that does just out of any movies ever but i was trying really hard to think of two other like horror movies that make me cry or at least, like, think about it. Uh, one of them is Pumpkinhead, which I really... I wasn't a big fan of Pumpkinhead. I thought that the slasher elements were a little forced when it could have been a really cool, like, rural, like, American folklore monster movie. But there's this really, really sweet uh, father-son relationship between Lance Henriksen and this little boy. And uh, that that makes me tear up a little bit. And then another, a similar thing uh, in uh, the 1981 Canadian slasher movie, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. <laughs> oh, Canada. Uh, yeah. Larry Drake, uh, R.I.P. Larry Drake. Uh, everyone's passing away this year. It's the worst. I know. But um, he plays a, a mentally handicapped guy in like rural Kansas because the Canadians love to pretend to be in the American Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> um and he gets blamed for a murder and he basically gets lynched while disguised as a scarecrow so he like comes back to kill people but like he's best friends with this little girl who he supposedly murdered even though she's not even dead 
like the people rush so much to like exact vengeance that they don't even like check the facts and um when she finds out about his death it's like a really devastating scene so that's what i have to offer you should check out that movie i think it's on youtube okay shannon do you cry at anything doesn't have to be horror just anything what if i like pinched you right now okay so (laughs) so the reason he asked this question is because i am a robot and i don't cry at anything i cry in life i cry i'm not i'm not like cameron diaz from the holiday like (laughs) i do cry just for reasonable reasons like being overwhelmed with school or i haven't cried in two years so it's about time i do like things like that you know um but yeah no i i haven't cried at anything um like media based i think um i do have things that make me sad though like final girls made me sad oh that's good oh i didn't even think about that that movie makes me cry so much i know i know it does i cry into a bowl and then it just turns into a giant pile of salt yeah that was a weird ignore me that's okay i get it i I know where you're going it evaporates and leaves salt yeah um yeah no like well well, it turned back and looked at its wife sad and happy coming out of the underworld what what does you just made a lot joke yeah I read the Bible. No, I don't. He makes a lot of jokes, folks. I'm aware of the okay. Bible. So, um, so yeah, things make me sad. Like, like, um, Final Girls made me sad, but also happy. And like when I wor- when I read Bridge to Terabithia for the first time, it made oh, me hell sad. Yeah. I didn't uh, cry, but it made me sad. You didn't cry at Bridge to Terabithia. Have you read Where the Red Fern Grows? Yeah. Uh, did you cry? No. Oh my god! I don't even like dogs, and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like reasonable things like real life things like like dogs i feel the feelings it just doesn't come out my eyes okay anyway we're gonna move on to the next question so. whatever man okay this question comes from emmy gibby e-m-m-y-g-i-b-b-y and they've been a member since july 26th 2011 Ooh, veteran yes However, they only have 16% of best answers, so they do not answer questions well. Okay, the question is, question about Wes Craven, question mark? The man confuses me. I love Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street, but I hate they and my soul to take. They? They? That's what it says, but I hate they and my soul to take, period. Wait, is it, how is it spelled? T-H-E-Y. Oh, that might be, nope. I mean, that might have been an autocorrect for the hills have eyes, like T-H-H-E, maybe. But I think I'm trying too hard. Yeah. But I hate they and my soul to take. I'm tired of spending money on his crap movies. Can someone please give me a list of his bad movies and good ones? Well, lucky for you, young Kimmy Gibbler. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen almost every Wes Craven movie ever made. Which ones are you missing? Uh, I haven't seen Swamp Thing. And I haven't seen The People Under the Stairs, which I really, really need to. Because I, I think that's the only good one that I have left that I haven't seen. And uh, Matt gave me the DVD, and I'm going to watch it soon because I'm, like, approaching the end of my uh, playlist. My oh, my marathon. I also haven't seen Deadly Friend, for the record, so I can't pass judgment on it. And I also haven't seen his porn movie, but not a lot of people have. <laughs> um, anyway, 
Um, Shannon, just what's your best and worst Wes Craven movie that you've seen before we start? Because I'm going to get like super scientific. <sighs> okay. Um, I loved, this is a classic for us, but this is uh, um, uh, Nightmare 7. Um, uh, a New Nightmare. That oh, yeah. So good. That's a masterpiece. So good. Definitely a masterpiece. Um, and then straight masterpiece. Straight masterpiece. Um, the bad ones that we watched. What was? What was the weird one with the? Um, uh, were they Jewish Amish? Uh, Deadly Blessing. Yeah, that one was weird. Well, you only saw like the end of that one. No. I watched that with you. Oh really? All of it? Yeah. Okay. I liked that one. Okay. Um, I can't remember all the ones that we've seen. Let's go through them. Which ones have we seen? Uh, we saw Shocker. Shocker. Um, I like Shocker. All the Horace screams. Pinker. All the screams. You can't n- mark any of those as being bad because they aren't. Yeah. Um, uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. We also watched. Mm, that one was kind of bad, but I the voodoo stuff really really was interesting to me. And even though the movie was bad, it was like intriguing enough. I don't know. I still I still I don't think I don't like I didn't like Deadly Blessing as much as I liked Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay, that's fair. Um okay, so I basically like I categorized all the West Craven movies that I've seen. So into like good, middle and bad, and they're kind of in descending order of quality. Vaguely, like I didn't want to make really like a, uh, unequivocal decisions on that cuz yeah. I'm a super fan. But okay, so in the good section, there's Nightmare on Elm Street, New Nightmare, Scream, Red Eye, Scream 2. And then, okay, there should be a fourth section, which is like like medium good. Because we're entering that territory. Uh, Deadly Blessing, Last House on the Left, Serpent in the Rainbow, Music of the Heart, and Scream 4. And then ones I'm like on and off for are Scream 3, Shocker, The Hills Have Eyes, and his segment from Parisia Tem, which I recently watched, and it's on YouTube. It's it's cute, but it's whatever. And then the genuinely bad ones, The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, which I will defend, but not enough. Uh, Cursed, uh, which just... I feel so bad for Cursed. It got so wrecked. And then My Soul to Take, which is the only Wes Craven movie I genuinely despise. Oh, so Emmy Gibby was right. About my soul to take. Oh yeah, that's not a good film. Okay. It um, it's the film that he made after like six years of not making movies, and it kind of shows. And it's him in his seventies trying to write teen dialogue, and it's very, very kind of spastic and weird. And I like the ideas that he's trying to do. It just does not work. So it says on here that they is a. Wes Craven movie. They? Yeah. Uh, Are you not aware of this? Are we learning things today? I... You should look into it. Um, I'm looking into that. That doesn't sound real. I, I've been over that list like 800 times. You can try it again. Um, here was the best answer uh, from Yahoo for that, that answer for that question. It's from uh, someone named James Philbrick. And best answer was... What ring with you? Wes Craven is uh, the master of horror. Yay, go him. If you like one Wes Craven film, you like them all. You okay. can't call yourself a fan. Okay, okay, that's dumb. <laughs> Look, uh, first of all, for 
any director to make straight masterpieces. Uh, like, look, Wes Craven has directed. Uh, okay, IMDb has twenty nine Adams, but some of them are TV. But he's directed roughly twenty five feature films. Not all of them are great. Look, if you do if you do twenty five anything's, they're not all going to be great. Like, I could cook twenty five meals and burn half of them. I could make twenty five poops, and some of them will come out weird. Like some of them are the green kind. Oh my god. I'm okay. That's over. This is this uh, this yep. <laughs> this simile is over. That simile is far over. Okay. <laughs> okay, but yeah, no, that's ridiculous. If you're a fan of something, like people are even more critical of things when they are a fan sometimes. But that um, wow, okay, it's over. My sentence yeah. is done. So speaking of questions, um, in the past, Brennan and I have gone to like meet and greets of different people like we met Wes Craven and we met um well we didn't like meet but like I asked him a question and he responded um so aka we're best friends uh John Carpenter and um both times we we've gone and multiple times we've gone I've like elbowed Brennan in in the the rib to be like Uh let's ask a question and he'll be like why I don't have any questions to ask I know it all and I was like whatever that's not what he said but that is not at all what I said. No, not at all. Because I also asked a question. Yeah, it was just like, I don't have a question. And I was like, let's ask a question anyway. <laughs> no, th- that's fair. Yeah. And so we did. Um, but one of my favorite questions that I think anyone has ever asked was that guy who asked John Carpenter. You, you know. Is, is it the guy who asked about the score for Halloween yeah. 3? He was like, oh, in my opinion, uh, the score for Halloween 3 that you did with Alan Howarth is more like Teutonic crowd rock than your previous synth pop or whatever. And God damn, that guy was an idiot. Like, yeah. he just wanted to show off. I hope he's not listening. Whatever. Even if you are, we don't want to be friends with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, go away. Yeah. Um, That was really funny. And then I asked him a question and I asked, so... It was probably Matt. <laughs> just kidding. I we, love we, Matt. Yeah, we love you, Matt. Um, uh, I asked a question because like for some of his films when he was screenwriting and directing he changed his he had a pseudonym for when he was screenwriting and do you remember what his name was who's john john, john carpenter? carpenter his it was pseudonym like, for uh, oh god Matt's it was like kill terry me. berry or something I, that sounds like a serial hold on it i'm is. gonna look this up okay um and so i just got up there and asked him like why did he decide to do that and he looked like he had never heard that question before which is always great like at a Q and A, because I mean, yeah. especially like that. This movie's been out since nineteen eighty eight, so the fact that you came up with a new question, that's great. But also, Oof. who wouldn't? Go ahead. What is it? He wrote it as Frank Armitage. Yeah, Frank Armitage. That's a great name, by the way. It really great is great pseudonym. But um, like, why wouldn't anyone? That's like being like, oh, Samuel Clemens. Why didn't you? Why did you decide to change your name to Mark Twain? And I'll be like huh, I've never never been asked that before. I'm like, seriously? Really? Uh, not to say that John Carpenter is Mark Twain. But, but he kind of is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was funny. And what did you ask him? Do you I remember? don't know. Something dumb. It was not dumb. It was far from dumb. Um, but he it also wasn't as dumb as that guy who was like, in my opinion. Oh, my blah, God. Blah, blah, okay. blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you ever go to any Q and A's or like special movie screenings where the directors are in attendance, here are two questions you ne- or three questions you ever you never ask. Number one, don't ask was it was shot on. You can look that up on IMDb and it's not interesting. Number two, 
don't ask dumbass questions that where you just want to show off your knowledge of this director's work, like the Teutonic crowd rock section. Number three, don't ask if they're going to make a sequel to their film. If they're going to make a sequel, they tell you. It's not going to be a secret. Yeah. And number four, don't only ask them about like working with specific more famous people. Like, don't go up to someone and be like, hey, how was it working with Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, like they'll be like, uh, it was fine. She's an actress. It was business. Yeah, we were professionals. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like like it would be much more interesting to be like, can you tell us a funny story? And then hope that it's from Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, exactly. Like, we want to hear about Jamie Lee Curtis. Not going to lie. Yeah. But you got to get around that. And be nice about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that counts as, like, a secret last question. Like, yeah. what to do with Q&As. I agree. What to do with Q&As. Okay, so that's it for our mini episode. Yeah. Oh, I, I just have, I want to talk about the clue from last week. Because oh, yes. I do want to say what we're watching next week. Yes. Uh, next week, in honor of Shannon's final exam week, we'll be watching Final Exam. Woo! The 1981 slasher. It's very divisive among the three people who've seen it. And I'm excited to see what Shannon has to say about it. Um, and a clue for two weeks from now is, since Shannon's scholarly career is ending next week, we'll, we'll be celebrating with a three-week trip to summer camp. Our first camp movie will be pretty obvious if you look at the calendar. <laughs> and uh, the song we'll be playing out with, well, uh, I wanted to play out with the Prince song because R.I.P. Prince. But knowing... Prince, uh, he would probably sue us from beyond the grave if we played a Prince song. Um, do you have a favorite Prince song, Shannon? I I think I only well, I mean, I know a couple Prince songs, uh-huh. and I know that um, I went to see this girl Avalon Young play, and she did a cover of a Prince song. Okay, and then she ended up on American Idol, and I had no idea, but I I saw her on a commercial, and I was like, oh my god, oh. I totally saw her. She was like playing with uh, with our our friends are in a band and like she was like one of the opening acts for them. That's awesome. And I was like, oh my god. Anyway, that was a sub story. Um, so there's like that song that I don't even know the name of. Um, and then there's the song that oh there's the song that he wrote for Sinead O'Connor. Uh huh. Which is sad. And then and then there's the song that Tegan and Sarah play where they're covering, um, uh, when Cindy Lauper who's covering Prince. Yeah, and that's actually, that's the song we're going to be playing you out with. We're yes. going to be playing you out with When You Were Mine by Cindy Lauper. But wh- we'll be playing you out with When You Were Mine by Cindy Lauper because she's less likely to sue us.
If you'd like to donate legal fees to Scream 101, please contact us at Scream101Pod on Twitter, via Facebook at Scream101Podcast, uh, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because nothing compares to us. Oh, that was so good. Thank that you. That almost made up for half the cracks that you made in this episode. Hooray! What about the poop crack? No. Okay, nothing makes up for that? No, especially because you now use poop and crack in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs>